this is Sunshine. Hey, this is Broccoli. And you are listening to Tobin Tonight. So I want to start the episode basically by asking, you know, color scheme. Who came up with green and yellow? Well, green and well, yellow is pretty self-explanatory. Um, I'm Sunshine. And I'm Broccoli. So we just kind of went with it. Was it the color first or was it just coming up with the names first? So my last name is actually legit Sunshine. And Brock and I went to college together and his nickname was Broccoli. So when we decided to to start this duo, it was it was like, okay, Sunshine was a given. And we're like, what about you? And he's like, what about Broccoli? And I was like, that's so great. <laughs> when you think of these acts, like children's acts or just acts in general, musicians, whatever, like if they don't use their actual name, like just say you're not a John Mayer or a Alessia Cara, and you get like a nickname like mm. Kesha or Little John, you're like, where do you guys come up with these names? And then the backstory is always more interesting. Yes, Absolutely. it is. And, and yeah. ours fit in perfectly like a glove. And it just, it brings just such a pleasant thought to mind when you think of sunshine and broccoli. It's fun and it represents exactly what we're about. Well, see, this, this is the difference here, broccoli. When I'm a child and I'm thinking broccoli, I'm not more or less thinking right off the bat, that's something I'm going to enjoy to eat. But I guess you're putting the spin on it of saying, well, I'm not that type of broccoli. Oh, no, I'm a rock and roll <laughs> broccoli, and I make you jump, have fun. And that's what makes it engaging for the kids. And that's what makes broccoli fun. And who knows, maybe after that, kids will start to enjoy eating broccoli. Actually, we have many, many emails from parents telling us that the only reason their kids eat broccoli is because of broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I can imagine it. Well, it's a good thing you didn't name yourself something like, you know, Sunshine and Rocks. You got like emails from parents going like, my kid is out in the backyard digging up rocks because you're act and you're just like, well, we got to change the name. See, this is this is my idea. I'm always thinking of creative ways. So, you know, you got to be careful because if I team up with a guy named Brock and I'm a Newfoundlander, Brock on the rock coming at you. So you better watch out. Ah, no. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but we wouldn't. We, we, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to tour Canada because you know. Then we'd have to change our name, like Brock in the Mainland. Yeah, it doesn't go yeah, well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you mentioned that you started in college. What university or college did you go to? We went to Sheridan College for musical theater. That was in dun, 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 2000, and we both thought we were kind of taking that path. We, I for sure thought once I graduated that I was going to Broadway. I, you know, had dreams of living in New York and Brock really wanted to be a rock star. So when we graduated, it was really interesting as reality set in that it was a hard industry to be a part of. We decided to start these mom and taught classes. So paired up together and kind of quickly came up with Sunshine and Broccoli and you know, we wrote a welcome song and we wrote a goodbye song and we did our first class and the moms were so blown away and they're like, where have you guys been? And it was really cool because because of our musical backgrounds, it was very different. The parents were so engaged. They're like, you guys sound like you're in the musical rent. And we love that. <laughs> so that's how we started. And it has tremendously evolved over the last 17 years, which I am shocked to, to hear that 
17. It has tremendously evolved into this dynamic duo that we are with a Juno nomination, five albums, tours across Canada, and it's been incredible. What is it, these mom, and I think you said, was it mom and Todd classes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who's Todd? <laughs> no, no. How did this come to be? Like, how do you even get yourself involved in this? Do you just show up one day and say, okay, like we're going to entertain or like explain that a little bit more to me? So actually really interesting. So my aunt had actually adopted three kids and she took them to these music classes. And when I was still in my last year of Sheridan, she said to me, you really should do this. It's so great. Like, you know, I, I at the time played a little bit of guitar and I thought I can do this. I'm going to do this. So, you know, the moms get a group of their friends together And then the music teacher comes and, you know, you sit for half an hour and and you do your thing. And that's really, at first I was going to actually do it by myself. And then I totally chickened out and called Brock for mega assistance. And after the first class that we did it together, I was like, do you want to just kind of do this? And he was like, yeah, let's give her a go. It honestly felt like the most natural fit because Lisa and I have been best friends since college. And we've been, you know, I always played for her during our college classes. Our courses, was, we took a musical theater course. So I would play for her and we felt very comfortable with each other. And it just was so organic and natural and it worked out so well for us. That, that's an understatement. I mean, like you said, I believe you said 17 or so, or 17 or 18 years there now. And, you know, a couple of albums there and a Juno nomination. I mean, that doesn't come overnight. So I kind of want to get into that as well because like you know 17 years of doing something we we bring this up with nearly every act that kind of gives us that kind of detail because you know i've been doing this maybe for you know on and off two or three years but there are definitely times that i'll sit back and if you're not really getting where you thought you were supposed to be at a certain point you think okay what are we doing did you ever kind of sit down especially 17 years if you say no i'm going to call you a liar hey, you know, something's not working here. It's like, you know, were you ever kind of in that motion? Lisa did. I love, yeah, Lisa did, yeah. I loved our journey and I love our journey mm-hmm. because I don't believe that anything stays the same. I do believe that in order to grow, you have to change things up. So when we were running the mom and taught classes, we did that for about 10 years, uh, maybe a little more than 10 years, and it felt really good. And as we were like running the classes and then we would do big shows on the weekend and I started to not love the classes anymore. I felt we were, you know, hitting huge amounts of people doing festivals and all these weekend amazing events with hundreds of kids. And then during the week, we were going and sitting on a basement and singing to like 10 mm-hmm. kids. So what happened was that I just really felt not out of love from it. I just wasn't engaged anymore the same way. So I actually said to Brock, you know, I think we've got to change things up. And because our personalities are actually so different, Brock's, Brock wasn't as keen to change things up because he's mm-hmm. he's okay riding it out. And so when once we decided, you know what, let's halt this and see what else is there, doors opened up that we couldn't even have dreamed about. Like, opportunities came and it just shows you that as one door closes and we took a big gamble because we kind of said, you know what, we're over this. Mm -hmm. And then we were getting really big shows. So we did a show with the Blue Jays and we did a show at the NBA All-Star Game and all of these big shows were now being presented to us. And the cool part is that 
maybe years later, someone would say, would you run a class? And we'd be like, sure, we'll do one Mm -hmm. as opposed to like 15. (laughs) Yeah, no, I always think it's interesting when people bring up like, I guess their, their backstories of how they kind of got to where they're to. And I mean it in the most sincere way of just being curious or like curious, not like as a, as a dig. It's just that when you see some people just out of nowhere, kind of, you see them on a timeline or you see them on your Facebook and you're like, Oh, look at how many followers they have. And you're like, okay, how do they get that many followers? And then you're thinking to yourself, like they probably did that in a week. And it's like, no, that took a long time, but you don't see that. You don't see the behind the scenes of, I guess the struggle and the hard work until it's actually visibly in front of you. And you're thinking, okay. And you're still doing hard work to try to like, reach to the next level even if you don't know what that next level is yet exactly and it's and it's a part of growth and because lisa said that again i was more apprehensive and i i was just lisa was like no this i can we need to do this and because of that we got an agent and we're in in the development for a tv show with level film all these opportunities like lisa said it opened up so many doors because we had to shut the other part of sunshine and broccoli down we grew in other ways, and it, I'm so thankful for that. I grew up on a generation of Sharon, Lois, and Bran, right? So that's that's yep. pretty much where I started watching it as maybe a five-year-old. I believe they kind of branched off of, and putting words in people's mouths here, but like you have your Splashing Boots, you have your Jeremy Fishers, you guys, for example, as well. So like, do you think you guys, in a, in a kind of a funny way, are like the offspring of Sharon, Lois, and Bran? 100%. Yeah, I I think that we were obviously they paved the way for children's music, especially in Canada, and even with Fred Penner and um, with Rafi, there's been something in the water in Canada, and we have so many great children's entertainers. And without them, there wouldn't be us. Even though we're different in style, it's just they kind of opened up the gateways for everyone and for children's music and children's good quality children's entertainment. I think it's interesting because like I said, you've got like Jeremy Fisher Jr. starting live streams as well. And he's been on the podcast. And then we've had Splash and Boots on, which I kind of want to bring this up to you as well. Like when you look at Splash and Boots, Yellow and Blue, Guy Singing with a Guitar on Treehouse, who came first, Splash and Boots or Sunshine and Broccoli? You know, it's that's a that's a good question. I actually don't know the the years that they they've been t- performing together, but I would believe it would be around the same time. I actually don't. I can't. I can't say for certain, but we have been around together, and we actually performed with them at the Junos, and they're a dynamic duo who truly deserve to win the Juno. We were so thrilled for them, and the cool thing is that we all have our own styles and we all have our own ways of performing and engaging with the children and we're big fans of theirs as we're big fans of a ton of kindy artists across Canada and and the states. I just brought it up because I thought it was interesting because like I said in the last few weeks like I, I remember when you were growing up in the 90s and you turn on TV it was just Sharon Lois and Bram constantly and now you're seeing all these acts that are coming up and not only acts that are coming up but they're Canadian and, you know, you get a branch. And I think it's really interesting because as much as people kind of say you want to conquer the industry or you want to be the number one, I think, you know, having multiple different acts around gives you a bit of growth in yourself. It gives you a little bit of 
exposure, you know, collaborations, and just the idea of there's something there for everybody. Like, if you do listen to, for example, Splash and Boots, that doesn't mean you can't listen to Sunshine Broccoli or Jeremy Fisher. Like, there's so much variety that it's almost like it's a good thing. I love the, um, I heard somebody say this, there's room for everybody. And, you know, of course, as we are going through our own journeys, you know, playing the comparison game to anyone, right, who, why did they get that show or why are they doing this? And people, of course, do the same thing for us, right? And I think that a little bit, it's very helpful because it kind of drives you Mm. in this really cool direction to push you to maybe achieve more. But I also think it's really important to stay in your own lane. We have goals that we've set for ourselves and continuously um, try to grow and try to grow with our fan base. But I'm a new mom. So for me, it was like taking this route. It's really cool to be able to delve into this world with new eyes as going through this journey with my son. We're all and and I love putting on other people's music and letting him be exposed to, you know, all these different kids' artists, and it's great. How has Zaid taken the idea that his mom is a, I guess, a, a children's entertainer? Or is, is he has he grasped that idea yet? <laughs> Not at all. No grasp whatsoever. Um, you know, it's funny. My first show back from being off for... Um, too much was a pretty big show and my husband brought Zaid and I brought him on stage and he was just this little peanut and I, I thought after like because we you know we do autographs after the show and often there's quite a big lineup and I thought do you think he's gonna think it's cool that Sunshine's his mom like <laughs> you know what I mean it's, but he has no idea <laughs> no wait wait but, wait till he gets wait till he gets older yeah, he, but he was in uh, Sunshine's Belly while we were recording. He has been exposed to so much music throughout this whole process. So very true. You know, yeah, it's very special. He's a, such a beautiful little boy. The other thing I want to mention, of course, you said about the five albums that you've had out. The latest one, of course, is Hug Life. Who came up with this idea of the album being called Hug Life? And like, how's that album going? Well, Lisa, I. I came up with the uh, the title for Hug Life. It really evolved, again, organically. It usually does from there. And we collaborated with this artist, this wonderful artist called Noah Lessing. And she goes by the name of Noah. And it just worked so well. We wrote a song every time we met with her. We would write a song in about 45 minutes to an hour. And I mean, barely any revisions. And it was just such a natural ebb and flow because we were looking at the world and kids kind of need to have a voice and they need to feel that they are safe in the current climate. So um, even pre-COVID. So we were doing our best to communicate that through music and Hug Life was the perfect album. I thought of it when, um, you know, without doing a lot of kind of background or research on it, like I kind of wanted to create my own idea of what, you know, a Hug Life would mean to me or an album. And the immediate thing that came to mind was thug life and also bug life so i was just like i am assuming it's more or less the bug life of things like that movie and because that's more kids entertainment than the thug life <laughs> we actually um our juno nominated album was it's cool to be kind and it got us a ton of attention because at the time and continuously um the world really 
needed a lot of kindness. And that was the really deep message of kindness, compassion, and love. And so when we were writing our fifth album, Hug Life, I thought has to be like right up there with it's cool to be kind because it got so much attention and throughout like many months of writing this album I would just hear something and I'd write it down I had notes um in my phone and I would just write down like song titles or things that I heard or that really resonated or stood out for me hug life really was just like oh yeah that's good that's good like uh especially now in these times it's like we need a lot of love kids need to feel safe and hug life just kind of paved the way i guess in a kind of like a selfish kind of sense is you know when you're 20 something years old or even in your 30s or you know older you're not really concerned about like okay how are kids going to react to covid how are kids going to react to just not seeing their friends day to day because you're you're kind of wound up in your own little bubble uh pun intended you're just kind of okay how am i going to get through it and if you're okay with that, like for me, I'm a little bit of a hermit anyway. So it's kind of, you know, I don't really look at COVID affecting me that much. Like it doesn't really change my day-to-day activity. Now, I'm not saying that in a mean way. It's just that I'm kind of this way to begin with. But when you look at just say your niece or nephew, and then you see them not really engaging with people or maybe not having as many friends over, then you're kind of like they're having so much time on their iPads. They're like, they're not getting the exposure. So I mean to have these acts kind of come out and like take care of that kind of aspect. I think it's really neat and interesting because it's something that would just go over my head. No, you're very right about that. And I always, I did feel bad about the kids for not being able to go to camp this year and for not being able to attend graduation. It's been tough, you know, and even for the parents, for everyone it has, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different ships. So these kids are, are feeling bored and, um, you know, tense. And so whatever we can do to help communicate that they're safe, we're with them and let's still have fun and we can still interact and be kind to one another throughout all this. That's a great message. And we try to communicate that as best as possible. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I just kind of want to elaborate this a little bit there with, uh, with sunshine there, like again, coming in new mom, seven month old, what, like, I know it's a little bit off the topic of just say the sunshine and broccoli, but COVID seven month old, like, are you a little bit nervous at this point at anything like, you know, being kind of infected or exposed or being careful of his exposure as well? You know what? We, we live in Toronto and we live in a condo. So the moment that COVID became a little bit, scary. I was really uncomfortable being in the condo with the elevators and people around. So we actually moved to my family cottage, which is about an hour from Toronto. And we've been here since March. And so we are very much removed um, where we are. You don't really feel COVID the same way. So actually for us, it's been a little bit of a blessing. Um, My husband's around, which has been really lovely. And so we're doing actually really well under the circumstances. Feel really grateful that we get this time together. And with my son, um, you know, being able to not really see people in masks and panic. So we're doing pretty good. And, and Broccoli, how have you been holding down? I've been actually doing pretty well. Like, I am in the city, but I've this has carved out time where I can spend with my fiancé. And um, I've been working out a lot more and doing personal adjustments. It's given me time to kind of self-reflect 
on personal things. That's the way I've taken it. And, and for myself also, I've been able to teach guitar lessons via Zoom online. So, and I'm, I'm playing a lot of music and it's been, it's been, a, for me, it's been a, a pretty okay experience. It's been good. It's just when you do walk around certain parts of downtown, you are reminded of it. And again, it's very important to wear a mask. I bring it everywhere and people should be abiding by the rules because we need to curb this. And, and I think so far we are doing a good job here in Toronto. And so this, I've been doing okay. I have been, I've been doing pretty well. The last thing I want to do with both you guys, if you don't mind, is play a game of how Canadian. Oh. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay. So the basic idea, the concept is, is I'm going to give you something that usually is very Canadian. It can be a story, it can be made up, and you either have to just kind of top it or give me one of your own. The example that everyone has come up with so far that we interviewed, like musicians, even a few comedians have come up with it, and it's, I think it's like the most Canadian aspect that people come up with, is when you open a door for someone and they're like so far away, but you, you keep opening that door. Like they could be a good... I don't know, yard away or so, but you're opening that door being like, I got this door open for you. I'm being very polite. And then they're like running and then you're like, oh, sorry. It's like, you apologize for nothing. You're the one who did the favor. Why are you apologizing? But it's very Canadian. I do that. (laughs) I do do that. It is a very Canadian thing to do. So give me like an example of something like a story either, you know, it can be true, it can be made up of something that's very Canadian to you. Well, um, I I mean, I could just give an example of, I was even struggling. I was walking, struggling with groceries. And even this is during COVID. And this guy, he asked me, do you need help with that? And I was like, no, no, I, I live right over there. And he's like, don't worry, I have gloves. I'm, 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 I'm like, you know, it's okay. I just live over there. He's like, you know what? It's okay to ask for help. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm literally over here. It was, it was so, it was very kind of him. I mean, I was obviously taking precaution, yeah. but it was just a nice gesture that I think is familiar with people who are Canadian. And uh, Sunshine, what do, what do you have for a story there? Oh, well, I think that for me, I was late. (laughs) I'm really winging this one. Um, I grabbed the poutine on my way to um, Second Cup, and I couldn't believe that they ran out of back bacon at the... Come on, Broccoli, help me out here. <laughs> this isn't my see, jam. No, no. See, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you. Okay, this is. You can tag me in. I'm gonna save you. Okay. Okay. So this is what happened. It in. Okay. So you were picking up poutine after going to Second City to get some bacon. I seen Brock getting pretty much asked a lot of questions by a neighbor saying, hey, do you want some help with that? And Brock was giving him a little bit of, you know, talking smack to him, being like, no, I got this, don't worry. But he still in a very kind way. I, in the meantime, was coming from Timmy's, and I had already, you know, rolled my polar bear in there after playing a little bit of a street hockey and said, hey. I love it. <laughs> there you go. And then we saw a beaver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw a beaver on the way home, too. Uh, Yes, we see the beaver. Love it. 
That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Sunshine and Broccoli for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thanks for listening and good night. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.